0: No. hey, um, well, I got I to gotta let you know, um, we are finishing kind of a series today, and then we're going to kind of cap it tomorrow night at our Christmas Eve, Eve service. So tomorrow night is Christmas Eve, Eve, it's at seven o'clock. Uh, it is a, basically a more traditional candlelight service. It'll be a family service. We'll have, I think, birth two, three-year-olds uh, with the nursery stuff, but mainly it's just some cookies and some punch and just a great, incredibly, I think, just simplistic Kind of old school and beautifully uh, traditional service. And uh, I hope that it'll make plans to come back tomorrow. I think it's something that will encourage you. You'll leave kind of feeling uplifted. And the fun thing is, uh, if you come back tomorrow and you've read through Luke, all right, you'll literally only have like one more chapter, all right? So it's almost like a celebration tomorrow night that we did it. Uh, how many of you guys are reading through Luke and have kind of done it, all right? Yeah, be the proud A students. You got this, all right? All huh? right. Look at me. Look at me right now. Be brave. How many of you guys have at least read some of Luke? I want to be proud of you, all right? I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you, all right? Beautifully mediocre is where I started. You're doing great. I've even tricked you into reading some of Luke at this point, and I'm so proud of you, all right? You can catch up, all right? You got time now. Some of you, the parents that now have their kids at home, you have less time, Uh, but that's okay, all right? You can do this. Just a couple days left. But like I said, we're, we're finishing the series today, and so what I want you to know, though, kiddos, if you're paying attention, I started out in children's ministry, okay? And that means that I still have some tricks up my sleeve, all right? All right? I, nothing there. I'm sorry. It was bad. But <laughs> you thought I was going to have flowers, didn't you? Yeah. yeah woo! Uh, but so we're going to do some hand motions right now to practice for later, all right? So can you practice with my hand motions uh, and adults? Feel free. This is a great learning tool. There's a reason why it works. When you look at me. Uh, I want you to go like this. Can you do this right here? Can you do that? All right, good. Uh, I just want to practice this one right here. All right. Yeah, can you do that one? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I like it. And then the last one is we're going to do this one right here. Perfect. Good, good, good. All right, I got you. I got you. And we're going to learn three words to go along with that today from Luke chapter 2. Okay, so I want, to, I want you to be paying attention because these words are going to pop up and we're going to have to use one of those hand motions. Adults, I think you're really going to enjoy this too. This is rich, rich stuff. We're talking about a new kingdom being born. We're talking about Luke trying to give us confidence of things that, that we were taught, even from a young age maybe. Certainty, clarification. How beautiful is it to be together? A family service, and to be able to look your kids in the eyes and tell them what you believe with certainty, much like the gospel of Luke. Regardless of their age, by the way, some 22-year-olds need this as much as two-year-olds, okay? Serious. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to just be through 20 verses today. In the time of Caesar, Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken up in the entire Roman world. Now, this is really key, because remember, Luke is talking to Theophilus, who's in the Roman world, and so he would remember this. My history lessons, right? He would would kind of have more awareness of this. But also, it's really important to know that the entire Roman world, right? Even though Luke's writer's like, yeah, there's more than Rome, because right now, in this time, they didn't think there was. They just didn't think there was. This is the first census that took place during the Quirinus, was governor of Syria. Now, this is really cool. This is even more specifics to that. Like I just said, he would know exactly what that means. He would have the history. Theophilus would go, okay, I can go look this up. And everyone went to register at their own town or their own hometown. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth, where he was at in Galilee, to Judah, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David keys whatever Luke sticks his head into the to the story and make sure that you know the details all right that's always the key okay this is about david and he went there to register with mary who was pledged to be married to him and he was who was expecting a child so here's our first word are you paying attention you got you right here locked in bethlehem give me one of these <clears throat> This is the city of David, who David had the heart after God's own heart. All right? This is the heart after God's own heart. Does that make sense? Now, here's what's so cool about this. This was something that was promised and told about far before it happened. This Bethlehem, on accident, it was on purpose. It was God's heart to be born in the city of David. Now here's where Micah says about it. This is an Old Testament book that's written hundreds of years before this actually happens, and this is what it says in chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathani... No, Ephrathani. Ephrathah. Ephrathah. Ooh, sound it out. Phonics works. This just, means, this just means the land of David. That's just literally what that translates as. Kind of like, hey, just so you're reminded of. Bethlehem, the land of David. Though you are small among the clans of Judah... And out of you will come from me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. Ooh, cool. So this is hundreds of years before. So when they get to it, and Luke is dropping these little hints, what the people of Israel are doing is they're starting to feel this, Boom, boom boom, boom boom, boom ba-boom, ba-boom. Because they're starting to go, wait a second. That makes sense. That's starting to click. Now that's just the first word. The second word, we got to go to verses 6 and 7. 6 says this, "While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born." Ooh. A baby, you say. "She gave birth to her firstborn a son and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room, no guest room available for them." Here's our second one. You ready? Right here. It's a manger. Yeah. and Some of you know the song, right? Away in a manger. In a right? Now, here's what's so incredibly weird about this. Okay. You know, we all say, were you born in a barn? You ever heard that before around here? Is this where this started? That's what I want to know. Like, I just, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just, I'm curious. Is this where this started? Now, why this is so weird, and go back to the verses real quick, because I want to point this out, is because A baby's going to be born. They're coming across the country, and she placed him in a manger because there was no room. Why was there no room? Because the whole entire Roman world is coming to this itty-bitty place. Everybody in Silver Dollar City at Christmas? Right? This is more like a war cry, right? Let me in. (laughs) I need to see the lights. All right? But there's some other stuff going on. Joseph and Mary are betrothed to be together, which means they're going to get married, but they're not yet. Maybe there's a little bit of judging going on. Maybe word has spread. This is where where Joseph's from, so when he shows back up, maybe the family that's there has already told the rumors. Maybe they're showing up, and there's there's a little bitty room, you know, like a Harry Potter closet in there, but they're not giving it to him. No way. And it's not like Mary can hide it at this point. She is pregnant, you know? And she's probably glowing because she got the Holy Spirit in her on top of that pregnancy glow. And they're in the heart of Bethlehem, but she's got to put him in a manger. Disgrace and shame, and there's no place. Jesus. Let's keep going. We need one more word. Verses 8 through 20. It's a little longer. you got to pay attention, though. It's a cool story. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. I don't know which one of y'all haven't been out in your field late at night when the moon's not shining and it is pitch dark and then all of a sudden like it could be a possum it could be a squirrel it could be your four-year-old son just creeping up on you in the middle of the night but you just freak out right now if it's a massive group of people suddenly shining in the sky I don't think you're having any other reaction than you run right run terrified terrified My son did that the other night. I'm downstairs by myself, four-year-old, an hour after he's been asleep. He was this close to my face before I knew he was there. (laughs) Terrified. Terrified. About got knocked out. (laughs) But the angel said, and we've said this from the very beginning, every time Luke talks about an angel coming or God showing up, the first words out of their mouth, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I bring good news There will be great joy for all the people. Today in the town of Bethlehem, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great... Company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth. Peace to those on whom, where, though this is such a key word, we've been learning about this, whose favor rests, God's favor rests on them. And when the angels had left and they had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has, been, has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying they had seen. They spread the word concerning about what they had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Oh, but Mary, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God all for all the things that he had had they had heard and seen which was just as they had been told so here's our third word you ready we're gonna we're gonna pick out some shepherds gonna pick out some shepherds because that's our third word they are off in the hills we can see them in the distance we gotta get them pick them out you pick them out you see one find one did you get it did you get one you get one? Why shepherds? There's some keys to this that I think will just blow your mind. Shepherds, I know we've probably been taught this if you've been around the church for very long, but shepherds, uh, they're not real cool dudes in, in the culture. They're, they're not guys that you want to be like. In fact, when I was studying this, one of the words that, that kept me, I was like, they're like the garbage men of the town, like, and I, that's not a knock on garbage men, all right, some of you are like, well, I, garbage. I, I get it, I get it, I'm just saying, they're a little smelly, and they're dealing with some things that only do a couple things good, and they're just following them around, these sheep, and even in the culture that they're in, the world they're in, this Jewish world, they're, they're seen, and they're described as this way, as unclean, like your hands after waffles. You know what I'm saying? Just sticky, a mess. Nobody wants to mess with you. And they're kind of told to stay away. They're never invited to the party. They're never invited to see things. And this is what blows my mind. They're the first ones to be invited. They're the first. God goes to the furthest places of the city to find his unclean, forgotten, neglected shepherds. Pretty cool, right? Let me teach you a statement to go with each of these, and we're going to practice some, okay? Can we do that together? The first one is this. When you think of Bethlehem, the heart of God, Jesus came to prepare a place, to a prepared place. He came knowing exactly where he was going to end up, like your heart. The heart of Bethlehem is the heart of David, and it's the heart of God, but he came to a specific place in mind, a prepared place, like your heart. The second is this, he came in a manger because Jesus came prepared to pay the price. This was the first price to come down. Forgotten, shame filled, in the barn. He came to pay the price. And the last is this the shepherds, Jesus came prepared with a plan for every person. Jesus came prepared with a plan for every single person. Did you know the only way that the shepherds were going to be able to see Jesus that night is if he was born in a manger? Think about that for a second. The only way they were going to get to see him that night is not if he got into that inn, but if he was set in a manger. They weren't clean enough to go to the inn. They weren't clean enough to get into that building, you guys. But Jesus said, no, that's who I want at my party. That's my heart. That's the price. But I want them. I want them. Here's our statement. We're going to put all of them together. Are you ready? Jesus came on purpose with a, pan, a plan to pay the price for you. All right, you ready? Jesus came on purpose with a plan to pay the price for you. And you. And you. And you. And you. And you. If I don't, I don't know if I can describe Christmas any better than that, I, I don't know if I could tell you that Luke 2 says much more than you are highly favored, that God loves you and he is desperate enough and his heart beats enough for you to lie in a trough of shame and brokenness and hurt so that every single one of you could know it and receive it. Listen to the words of the angels once more. Blows my mind how transparent this is of the heart of God. Do not be afraid. I bring you not just okay news, but good news that will cause great joy for who? All people. Not just you. All people. Today in the town of David... The town that I have prepared away in, the town that has been a reflection of the man who was after my heart, who knew my heart, was born to you, a Messiah who was born in a manger. And he will be assigned to you. You will find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly this great company of hosts burst into song because they could not hold it in anymore. It's like they told these shepherds the news, but then they said, glory to God. In the highest heaven and on earth, peace. Where there was unrest, where there was anxiety, where there was busyness, where there was a lack of peace. Let it be finished, let it be done, let it be made whole. The heart of God has paid the price for you. There is peace. There is peace. Because you have received and have favor. A new kingdom is born. It's Christmas time. God came with a purpose for you. In the city of David, the city of Bethlehem, a Savior is born. There was no room for him, so he came with shame and in brokenness but exactly where he needed to be so that each of us could get to him. Merry Christmas. That is good, good news.